A theory that does involve the full complexity of modern analytical techniques has been put forward by Pete Lewis, who runs a course in forensic engineering. We reviewed as a team uh, the various uh, major disasters worldwide in the Victorian Edwardian periods and really up till the Second World War. And the Taybridge disaster stands out in a way a bit like the Titanic disaster. And as far as uh, disasters in this country is concerned, it, it is the worst and still is the worst uh, structural disaster ever. All the evidence, to me, points towards vibration, dynamic effects being much more important in this collapse than has hitherto been appreciated. All the analyses at the time and the analyses, computer analyses I've seen quite recently, uh, rely on static analysis of the bridge. But in fact, in a dynamic situation, life is much more complicated and structures can oscillate, and we know oscillations can cause failures. The classic example, of course, is the Tacoma Narrows in the States, where the then longest suspension bridge in the world failed in a quite a low wind, a 40-mile-an-hour wind, I think it was, which was blowing at a very regular speed and uh, created dynamic vibrations in the carriageway of the bridge and in effect it was resonance and the energy was transferred from the wind to the structure and the amplitude of vibrations in the structure became larger and larger until the material just could not withstand it any further and the bridge collapsed totally. That's a classic example of a dynamic failure of a bridge. Looking back to the Tay Bridge, I think that there may be similar dynamic effects which were affecting its stability. This latest explanation has only been possible because of the exceptional quality of the photographs taken at the time of the disaster. The original exposures on large glass photographic plates can reveal a wealth of detail which has not been analysed before. Of particular interest to us were the close-ups of the partly standing piers, and there were two of these, piers one and three. Now these are important because there are in, intact parts here, but also partly failed parts. Could they give us the clue to what happened just prior to the complete collapse of this structure. This is a lug that would have supported a tie bar which is running from east to west. In other words, if a structure is oscillating from east to west, then it is these tie bars here, the east-west tie bars, which will have to support the strain. The stability of the entire bridge is dependent on these lugs. Now why should that be? It's because these lugs are the connections between the tie bars. Now it's the tie bars which hold the cast iron columns together. Now wrought iron is a very tough, a very ductile material, uh, a very good material to put under tension because it can absorb a lot of strain. But cast iron is a poor material to put under strain, uh, particularly in tension, because you can suffer the problem of sudden and catastrophic failure. 
My speciality being in plastics and composite materials, my first inkling on seeing these very brittle fracture surfaces with areas of discoloration was to refer the matter to a forensic metallurgist. As a metallurgist, I've spent a long time looking at broken bits of metal to ascertain the cause of failure, particularly in terms of road accidents, for example. Did it break as a result of a collision or did it break as a result of fatigue? As soon as I saw these photographs, I realised that this must be a case of metal fatigue. It certainly played a major role in the collapse of the bridge. Fatigue invariably starts at the surface or just below the surface of a component. It never starts at the centre. And it starts at the surface whenever there's a small notch or some kind of depression which acts as a localised stress concentrator. But if you bore a hole through the material, then the stress lines can't pass through the hole. They have to go round it and they concentrate on the outsides of the hole. And that's where we'd expect a fatigue failure to start. Now if we look at the piers from the Tay Bridge, we find the holes were where the fractures began and the holes were tapered and the bright areas, which I interpret as being the signs where they've been fatiguing, start from the edge of the hole and they progress steadily into the remaining cross-section until there was not enough there to take the loads. And it's the stress-concentrating effect of that hole was instrumental in the fatigue starting where it did. So the evidence from the photographs points to the detail of the lugs being the primary cause of the collapse. All three theories agree that a brittle material, cast iron, was completely inappropriate for a structure like the lugs involving tension. But putting a hole in this material concentrated the stress by a factor of three. And on top of that, by leaving the holes for the bolts tapered and not drilling them straight, all of the stress was focused on a very small part of the lug, increasing the likelihood of any fatigue cracks. Some cracks had been noticed in parts of the cast iron during inspections, but the repairs were inadequate. Even though we now know much more about fatigue, errors in design and maintenance still contribute to engineering failures. <laughs>